Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Fire Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Snodgrass, and today I have the pleasure of being with Rob Pollock. Rob, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey, what's going on? Thanks again for the uh, the opportunity of uh, inviting me to, to speak here today and you know, have a conversation. It's great. Uh, my name is Rob Pollock. I am a career firefighter in the city of Passaic, assigned to Ladder Company 1. I started out as a volunteer where I'm a chief now in, uh, in northern New Jersey. And uh, I'm one of the main brains behind the page called Flow and Vent. Uh, sometimes you may have seen that on Instagram, Facebook. We tried YouTube. There's also a uh, podcast going around with some conversations with a, a bunch of us. But um, yeah, that's that's me. I, I'm first generation American. I uh, have a couple college degrees. My latest one was a uh, master's in emergency management, and homeland security. Which uh, in the planning process, as as a volley chief, kind of you know helped you or helps me at least develop my, my thinking with, you know, with the world we're in today and, uh, and more complex incidents. And hopefully as I pursue and develop in my career on the career side of things, you know, it'll come into play and help out greatly. But um, that's how you can find me. That's, that's who I am. I love, uh, you know, fire service is a fun thing. Uh, thinking of being comfortable when uncomfortable is, is a huge thing for me. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, I'm a follower of Flow and Vent for sure. And, uh, you know, one of our conversations or our, our conversation that we had as uh, we were leading up to this podcast is the acquiring of information, uh, college degrees and uh, experiential information and all of that. And uh, maybe the duty to share or the desire to share or maybe even the dark side of uh, not sharing in order to profit in power or prestige or pocketbook you know what what is your uh, thoughts on that yeah today i put up a post um ironically or coincidentally whatever the correct word is my we uh, i did a drill in my volleys for my guys and um for once i mean I, I took the reins i wanted to teach it and you know the guys that know me locally and maybe it seems like my uh, my the platform is kind of like a aggressive truck guy, but at the end of the day, you still got to be no, you know, good at basic engine work. If you don't put fires out, fires don't go out, problems continue. So for this drill, all I did is a, in our mutual aid town, we had a structure that, you know, we had to use to our advantage. And I just told the captain, listen, I, I just want to run this drill because, you know, there's, there's a misconception or a disconnect between sitting in the car and, and leading from, from the front, you know, when you think of leadership, you know, everybody sees the two charts of that, that picture that goes around or that graphic per se of, you know, you're either one person pulling the team or you're one guy whipping the team. So, you know, for that night, I always love jumping in on training because, you know, all we did, it was very simple. You know, I had a I call it a McMansion pack. Obviously people that have uh, large suburban areas with huge square foot homes have to have some sort of way of getting a line in service. But for us, you know, we haven't covered that topic in a long time. So, uh, you know, I jumped in, stretched the line, hooked up. Then, you know, we would stop. Hey, how do you get from the from the rig to the front door, from the front door to the fire room? You know, little tips and tricks on, on handling the line. Just really basic stuff that gets completely lost in today's world of social media, you know, trying to train to be this super, um, this superman of firefighting. You know, everybody wants to be a rock star, but if you can't stretch a line or, you know, even put the rig in park, what, what, what good does that do for you? So, you know, 
not to keep harping on it, we hit a little couple of things, and then you know we jumped into. We also have a fast forward, and for the last couple of drill nights, I would stop in and just watch the guys. This time, I was like, guys, test is on you. See what you can do. So in that night, you know, it was kind of cool to be the lead, taking the bull by the horns, you know, getting down the gritty, and then also on the other side, empowering a couple prospective lieutenants to, you know, hey, run this drill. Let's see, how, you know, you take control of this of this scenario and. You know, as simple as, you know, I'll tell you, the, the drill was simple. All we did was one of our guys, you know, laid down. We said, hey, package him real quick. You got a minute. Can you do it? But you're in charge. So if anybody has questions or has to do anything, you got to do that. You know, you got to take the lead. You have to make the decisions that, you know, somebody that's always teaching it can obviously answer those questions. But what was crazy was not crazy. I think it was more of a, um, what do they call it? What's the word for it? The, uh, the product of good leadership or, or development, the development of a member, you know, this kid jumped right in, no problem. I mean, I was proud of the kid. And I'm, I'm a younger person. We all know this. And for me to even come up with that, it was kind of, or to experience it, not to come up with it, it was kind of cool because everybody breaks chops at fire service, no matter what firehouse you're in, everybody breaks chops. But at the end of the day, this kid stepped up, you know, dropping orders. And then when one guy had an issue, jumped right in, helped him out, took over. And it was, it was great. But where does that begin? You know, if you're in a house without culture, without training, without development, you're not going to go anywhere. You know, yes, you're going to have to do a lot of it on your own, but it starts by empowering everybody. Everybody's got a voice. Obviously, the newer people, and you know, what's the, what's the key thing they always say is that everybody's got two ears, two eyes, and one mouth, you know. Stay quiet, stay low, stay humble, but take everything in. So now we're seeing that change over. And even at work, you're seeing this change over with, you know, more classes coming up. You know, I'm still new, but we have a lot of youth under me now in terms of, you know, years of service in our city. And it's, you're starting to see that how people develop if they were set on the right or wrong path. And I don't want to sound that, that critical, right or wrong, but depending on how, how they were um, brought up will totally make a difference on where they're at today. You know, so it's kind of cool to see that. And that's one big thing I like to pride myself with the flow event is, you know, it happened last week with a, uh, I put up a, I reshared a video from Long Island about extrication. And it was has nothing to do with the operational or technical stance of things. It was just saying, you know, be comfortable being, excuse me, get uncomfortable being comfortable. Or I screwed that up. Be comfortable. Yeah. Get comfortable yeah. Being, being uncomfortable. Correct. Thank you. So even though the, you know, the, the car, the incident wasn't that crazy, it's not a matter of if something happened, but a matter of when. You know, everybody says in, in their years that at least at one point, at one time of their lives, they've handled something so out of the box that they never thought would happen. In some places, it's more frequent. In some places, it doesn't happen as often. But at one time, they got to be prepared for it. But if you're in an environment where there's no, you know, uh, opportunity to grow, change, discuss, have some sort of crazy conversation, I feel that it's going to be a little bit tougher should that incident ever happen or ever occur. But if you're in an environment that, you know, kind of breeds and, and encourages that out of bounds, wacky thinking, as long as you're grounded and, you know, obviously we have to know or everybody's got to know in the service, you know, obviously water puts out fire and without ventilation, all that fun stuff doesn't go out anywhere. It's just going to go out to one place, one little vent spot. You know, you have to, think of everything and, and you know being in the academic field of things you know with, with school 
you know, I always wanted to honestly be a, a cinematographer. I always wanted to do, you know, sit behind the camera, take all those images, filming of, you know, of uh, scenes and whatnot. But the more you think of it in that light of things, you know, they always talk about in the film world, mise-en-scene, which was like explaining and dissecting everything in the frame of the camera. So, you know, everybody talks about screenshots or in today's world of social media, you know, it's always that one picture, what's going on in that one picture. Obviously, we all, you know, whether you're on the job, in the job, volunteering, there's people that will take it apart. Well and bad, we know that. But as long as you continue to have that open conversation about what's going on here, you know, obviously we're not going to keyboard warrior anybody, hopefully, until after the fact, or at least once you have answers to certain questions, you're not just going to rip people apart. But if you're able to look at an image and, you know, kind of piecemeal together what's going on along with information, maybe there's a PR or, you know, a couple of guys there or whatever's going on, you can take that information, take it back to the kitchen table, take it back to a, to a drill night, even into a, you know, everybody's got the group meetings and the group discussions going on. Have the conversation. Hey, this happened over here in this region. You know, how are we going to handle that? What would happen? What if you guys end up? How are we going to handle this? You know, because you're seeing, at least I'm seeing a lot of, um, in this, this younger generation in our house, the guys are starting to have those conversations where my age group, the guys a little bit senior to me, don't have to, you know, we don't have to trigger it. We don't have to light that discussion. They're having it already. So you know that's a great product of what's been done before and we just have to continue it. You know, get get my drift a little bit. I know I kind of went on a broader spectrum, but I feel no, like man, I, I, I got huge. some I got some great uh great stuff. You know, we're uh because the you know the true measure of of leadership is the you know one of the measures, not the true one of the measures of leadership is is the being able to um gather and distribute knowledge effectively, whether that's managerial communication up to, you know, cultural, uh, cultural vision and values, you know, all of those things are important. And some of the words that I just want to kind of tag into off my notes is that I really, uh, you know, that I really enjoyed was um, the uh, empower uh, you know the leaders uh, opportunity for people to grow and then uh, the personal experience of success are three things that you kind of uh, said that that um, resonated with me and then before I forget the one of the quotes that I use uh, when I'm teaching because I go around and mainly I teach writ but uh in uh, survival, as I, I say, the impossible happens every day. Today could be our day. You hear that a lot. Hey, you know, let's go pull a line. Why? Oh, we've done this a hundred times. But that hundred and one first time, might you might pick up on something different. And you know, one thing that I'm passionate about is, are, is a kind of a man versus machine. You know, more focus on impalement training, and that obviously doesn't happen often. We know that, you know, nobody gets getting skewered every day. However, the one time that happens, you know, these 
what was the what was the doctor the firefighter's name he used to talk about i think it was an old fdic clip it was a high frequency versus a high risk yeah and the, the whole box right. you know that's what right. that is high frequency, high frequency. Low exactly. for high risk low frequency events exactly yeah. so like an impalement right we're looking at super low frequency but extremely high hazard issue high risk super right so even correct and then like the this, other thing yeah, the other thing that gets missed on that is there's no plan B other than call the fire department. Right. No, that's a, hey, you might have this high risk, low frequency event, which is, you know, a lot of people have, I mean, every day people go, you know, float into those frequency and risk endeavors. But in the fire service, when you enter into somebody's uh, event, um, and, and I do say it is our emergency because they're handing it to us, uh, is that high risk, high risk, low frequency of it is now ours. And there is no super, there's no superior force behind us. There's no, no one to call. Right. And, uh, exactly. that's where, yeah, that's when you sit there and go like, Hey man, what would it, what would you do here? And it's like, uh, uh, well, Let's at least think about it, if not train on it. So, <laughs> because there's no plan B, there's uh, no one else to call. And that's the thing. It's like, all right, let's let's be honest. In the fire service, in regards to a bread and butter house fire, room and contents fire, there are plans A through Z. We know that. Oh, if this line goes, grab a secondary line. The second two engines bring a second line. Whatever. There's there's a multitude of options because we're always thinking the basics. Right, which is great. You know, as you get more complex and things, it's just developed off of the basics. So, but when you handle such an incident that's technical or, or what have you, you know, if you haven't thought about it, like you said, that plan A is the only thing that comes to your mind. And in that time, we don't have time to sit back and go, well, stabilize it like this. We'll call this company for this tool, or we're going to have to call somebody for X, Y, and Z. You have to have that already done ahead of time. Because if you don't, you know, that's when things things go south, whether it's, you know, a writ event, a, a patient care, or, you know, God forbid your own. Like, I mean, we know there's a video floating around the Dallas of, uh, of the brothers getting, do making the rescue and they come up the ladder and allegedly one of them got impaled. But, you know, you got to be ready for things because at the end of the day, if you're not passing on knowledge, you're not doing yourself, your company your department and the whole job is justice. You, you, you just skimp it on the system and that's completely not cool. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're, here, yeah. you're, you're fortunate enough to be here. It's luck. It's the lottery. It's amazing. Do your job and be involved, be into it. Right. And, and that's the thing is that, you know, when we talk about that gathering, gaining information, um, you know, in my department, we're currently doing, and I'm not a hose guy, but I, <laughs> You know, raise my hand. I'm like, I'll do it. I, I can do hose. In fact, it'd be good for me to do hose. And, uh, and so we did a drill. And uh, one of the things that I, I told the training is usually on training is something that we should. If you did it on Tuesday and you're working Wednesday, you're like, hey, I, I, our crew already did it. So we're going to opt out. And so I told the training officer, I'm like, no opt outs because – I can't come up with 90 different ways to screw up a hose drag, uh, you know, a hose management right. drill like these guys can. And, uh, 
And so I, I need to see it over and over and over again so I can document document how the efficiency of pulling hose. And, uh, you know, they didn't let me down. There was successes and painful discoveries. But each time, you know, I don't believe that we ever had the same nozzleman with the same uh, officer or heel person, you know, working. There always was movement in there. And so everyone was, was different you know, de facto because of individual skills, individual strengths, uh, even height of people, any number of factors, uh, you know, contributed to it. But for me, I gained a ton of knowledge just watching 90 hose management drills back to back to back. And then I've begun going back and you know, checking what I think I know because I wasn't actually pulling the hose. Right. And so therefore, as I'm working, I just happen to be getting engine shifts and just go, Hey, do you guys mind if we go drill real quick? I just got to see something on moving this hose up the stairs right. and through and, and, and do this, that tweak that. And, uh, and what was interesting is that same guys that struggled in the drill when we were breaking it down. Cause that's another thing that you said about, uh, you know, oftentimes we, uh, encapsulate or lecture or bring a drill and we're going like, okay, make it happen. And then you were saying something about breaking individual system pieces down. I'm a big systems guy, breaking down individual pieces and saying, all right, up to this point, uh, were we successful? This is this what we want it to look like, right. and um, and if not, let's let's change it right now, exactly. and then let's move. It. And it makes it clunky, but you know what is the purpose of the drill? Are we are we doing a time test to see overall performance, or are we doing uh, a learning where we're gathering information? You know, is this a laboratory or is it a learning check? And it's. That's huge because a lot of, I feel, I mean, this goes across the board, not just the fire service. I mean, I'm watching football now from sports, coaching, training, everything. Everybody's always expecting the end goal. You know, like you said on a drill night, Hey, uh, we're going to go, we have an acquired house. We're smoking it out. We're, uh, we're expecting to do a rolling response. Well, what does that mean? Rolling response, right? If you pull up to, you know, obviously here in Jersey, we don't get crazy. It's just fog and smoke machines or something cool but you know you can't just expect everyone to know how to all right we're going to force the door do searches try to stretch a line because everybody's arriving at the same time all right let's throw a variable in of delaying the companies but there's no fire there's no real smoke there's no victim so people are going to start to you know kind of get easier in that drill but how do we try to maintain them and keep them engaged to keep it as realistic as possible so you know as we're watching this we're watching football right now like you were saying the systems the cogs and the wheel you're seeing, you know, the linemen are moving one way and, you know, sports from the time you're young. So whenever your sporting career ends, and I, I think for us in, in the fire service, it never ends because every day continues to be, you know, a testament of training, teamwork and development. But, you know, in football, just, just, just for the purposes of the conversation, you know, you might run, like you said, you might run that same counter player or, or you're running the ball, right. 
50, 60 times. But 50, 60 times, the same way you were talking about with the hose line, you know, the guards or the centers might move their feet a different way. And that will make a huge difference, you know, for the defenseman coming down or for how the, you know, the quarterback or the, or the halfbacks move around a little bit because those half steps and how everybody reads everything turns into a completely different – every person um, interprets and decodes the message individually and differently. So when we're doing this with how we train the fire service, the same thing happens, I believe, with us where, yes, you know, one thing we do on my shift is every call we position the rig, obviously, if it was a, as a fire – but then, you know, the chauffeur gets out, spots it. If it's if it's a, a basic or not so serious call, of fire alarm per se that's already being reset or something, the chauffeur still stands at the fifth wheel and sits at you know watches the table, and then we get back as a company to discuss the positioning, even though you know we're not setting the stick up or, or the bucket up, we're just sitting there to discuss it, and we take the extra three to five minutes because what if six hours from now, two hours from now, ten minutes from now, we come back to the same address or a similar structure and now it's rocking and rolling you know and we all have to be on that same page of things especially in a department where you run i mean we only run um three-man companies on the tiller and you know the engines and whatnot so you know every person's job is that much more critical with less man and that could be a whole different discussion manpower and stuff but well yeah and then (laughs) well you know and we have three people on our engine we just got our fourth on the truck and next year we get our first tiller we have an all steer so we get our tiller and kind of what leaning up to it so we'll have four people on the on the tiller but you know one of the things is you were just talking there and uh, coming back to your earlier Mm -hmm. segment conversation was uh that the ability for the uh videographer the screen person to take the take the screen and dissect the elements. So I'm more on the the art side of it because uh, you know when uh, when I was in college, it took years of uh, critical analysis of art, and uh, so you do art and then you would tear each other's art apart, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and and not not you're a bad person, <laughs> I'm but uh, you know. And, but and and your art sucks. But just hey, here is the here's what I'm looking at as far as this art, and because what it does is, and, and I imagine in filming also, is you it, even if it's a still picture or whatever. So for us, we're always on the art side. You're trained to always evaluate the darkest of darks and the lightest of lights uh, on. Uh, on any given drawing where is your darkest dark and where is your lightest light and what is the transition between those those two because it is important and now when i look at even on on my desk in front of me i see the dark dark corner and the light bulb that is shining down on my notepad and those things if i was drawing this i would really focus on developing Mm -hmm. those aspects to make sure that the dark the darkness is dark and the light is clean, white, bright paper. And, uh, you know, you're talking about dissecting this, the, the frame and uh, how sometimes, you know, I'm, let's catch, let's catch jobs, not feelings. You know, how, when you look at just a frame, anybody frame or a little video clip and, uh, and you say, okay, what is going on here? And, uh, 
well, you know, we don't have the whole picture. We don't blah, blah. We don't, I'm like, all right, stop. Nobody, nobody is even knows anybody at this fire. We're not, there's no feelings going to be hurt. Just what are you seeing that's going on? Uh, and let's do what is the good, the bad, the ugly thing on this screen right now. All right. What is the best thing that's on the screen? What do you think is the best thing that's on the screen? And that, and what we were just saying is that when you're on the line, you know, um, football analogy, when you're on the line and you've ran the play 600 times in practice, it's not that you know the play. Of course you know the play. That's the flow that you're trying to get into. Mm-hmm. It's that, that thing that shifts out of normal right. where you go, oh, that is shifted left this much. And I, I don't have to I don't have to interpret that because because the fl- I'm so in the flow. I know the play that we're supposed to do, but now I know that something a variable has entered the equation, and I have to uh, either account for it or take the opportunity to maximize that that variableness. And that same thing goes in on the fire ground where you go, and and I teach immediate action. You know, immediate action drills. If this, then this but let, we just need to know that the the smoke drops the and the heat drops de- drops you to the ground open the nozzle straight up in the air you know open right, the nozzle <laughs> so but you know people have to have that conversation and that's the maybe it's more on the it's this what we're gonna go more i feel like on the individual but yes you know the house is good but you as an individual have to be able to have an open mind, you know, because we see it a lot today, obviously, in this world of social media of everybody, you know, like we were talking about, this is the way, this is the way, this is the way. But, you know, you look at a couple options out there and you're like, well, this might work for us. You know, I mean, a couple of years ago, there was, um, we had a fire in a H-type six-story OMD and it was, you know, the same thing, the, the the, the brothers across the, the river get from us, you know, and they have 125 members on a first alarm and I have 16, you know? So it was pretty, mm-hmm. now thinking back at it, it's, it's pretty cool. Maybe that's the, not the wrong word to use, but it's kind of, it is cool to, to go back and say, Hey, we, we put up a solid fight for that. We thought, you know, we were doing a great job, but we only have, you know, you can count on your hands and toes how many people we have versus, right you know, with places that have a lot of people, a lot of staffing, a lot of manpower, and it's the same result, you know? So as long as you keep training and keep thinking about what could happen left, right, up, down, completely different variables are going to affect you. You put up that fight and still, you know, maintain life property and then incident stabilization, you're fine. You did your job. But rounding back to the initial uh, thing we were talking about with training, excuse me, if you don't tell people those stories, I mean, and, and there's multiple ways. That's the next thing we could hit on. But if you don't tell people those stories of what happened, how it occurred, and, and what you guys did, nobody's going to know. Because, yes, there, there are storytellers. There are people that will want to, you know, kind of uh, keep it like an academic setup and t- tell you the pros, cons, all the information. And there's people that are just going to take you out on the street and show you how it went, you know. And I feel like any one of those options is phenomenal, but you have to be open both 
to discuss it, to bring up the past, to bring up your experiences, and you have to be on the other side open to take in that information. And I mean, that, that comes down to common human communications and the whole, you know, message versus decoding and, and, and receiving ideas and stuff like that. But, you know, I don't feel that gets discussed enough when you go to a lot of uh, training conferences and whatnot. That might be just me, more of the naive half of myself, but, you know, you go to, everybody wants to be in that cool, kicking in doors, taking uh, roofs, windows, stretching lines, but nobody wants to discuss how do you become better? You know what I mean? Right. I feel. Oh yeah. No. And, and, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever, um, Oh man. Um, just forgot his name. Um, nozzle forward. Um, yes. We just, we just hosted him uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh really? Uh, Yeah. uh, Yes. uh, What's his name? Aaron Fields. Aaron Fields. So my first experience with Aaron Fields is, uh, I, I was in trench class when Mm -hmm. the, nozzle forward was happening so i only had friday night before nozzle forward and he said hey i'm gonna i'm gonna give a little two-hour lecture and then guys can leave for beers but i have this new lecture i want to give so i gave the two-hour lecture and it was standard aaron fields you know (laughs) uh huge just going down the rails and i mean just making you feel like oh i'm so God has so blessed me to be a firefighter. (laughs) I just, just renew the passion. And then we took a break and he goes like, Hey guys, the next two hours is going to be not, you know, not the first two hours. So uh, if you, um, you know, it's going to be academic. I'm going to kind of share my thought on educational theory and stuff like that. So if that's not your ball, you know, if that's not your game, uh, you're not going to offend me to leave. And that next two hours on his conversation on educational mm-hmm. theory was absolutely changed, revolutionized my world because being, being, er, being an instructor, this was, a, this was a long time ago, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, being an instructor within the, within the fire department, my own fire department, and right. then just starting to get out onto the, uh, into the other other stations, other departments, other states uh, teaching, you know, that was the first time I'd felt um, where somebody actually goes, <clears throat> you can't just, you know, you can't just being a high level instructor, you know, you have to understand what you're doing, you know, on the instruction right. side, not just the material. It's, it's, it's material and this and that and putting it in context and striving to uh, have that, that system or that uh, ideology where you Mm -hmm. are embedding skills in people. And uh, if you do it the wrong way, they'll forever do it wrong to their detriment. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like learning how to uh, golf. If you learn how to golf incorrectly, you will forever fight those uh, nuances of of doing it wrong, and I was just so excited. And then I went to Fire Department Training Network and got to spend time with Jim McCormack, mm-hmm. and uh, another person that on the surface is like, "Hey, man, we light a ton of fires, and we have the Disneyland." Yeah. But then right behind that, he's like, "Hey, man, you gotta know, you gotta know what you're doing." I mean, this is right. why, this is why we're able to do all this cool stuff, 
is because we know what we're doing. We know what we want to teach you. You know, we know the lessons that you're going to learn. And, uh, and we know that, that this is what you're going to message you're going to leave with. And uh, if that's not the message, then we're going to retune and recalculate and try to figure it out. And, right. uh, you know, that's exciting to see the, uh, these instructors that do come together and go, Hey, it's not the, can't just have, you know, you can't just have a topic. You have to have a curriculum. You have to have something uh, that binds it all together. And, and I liked your, your message of, to me, what I heard was you can, you can write down and hand somebody text, but without the context um, of what it is, you know, the story behind it, you can lose a lot of, of uh, factors Oh, that yeah. don't make any sense unless you have the context of it. Exactly. You know, why do firefighters die 10, you know, five feet from a door? I mean, uh, you know, why, how does that happen? And in, in text is like the, the door is right here. He's right here. Why could he not open the, the door that obviously was just, you know, just right. closed. It wasn't even locked. You know, it makes no sense. I was just like, well, because you're missing the context of it. Exactly. So, and then you said, let's put you in a stress inoculation uh, uh, situation and then test how well you think. <laughs> and then they go, oh, I see it. My brain just shut down. I see it. Well, I'm trying to think. I just had the opportunity last like mid mid quote COVID, mid uh, we did a um, we had a grant through the Leary Firefighters Foundation to do training with uh, shucks Leadership Solutions. I forgot. I, I totally am butchering the company name, but they're from Colorado. Uh, a couple of firefighters, couple uh, retired special forces guy, and they were discussing. You know, a lot of it was, you know, I was expecting a badass crazy class on you know how to become a fire officer and how to maintain your crew you know that typical mm -hmm. you know the gusto and it was mm -hmm. a week of uh, it was a week of just discussing human relations people skills mm -hmm. how to talk to people how to uh formulate your you know to, to the basics of grammar and how to how to come up with sentences to help further your message and how to you know decode messages from senders you know the very basic <laughs> elements and then the last day right was a nice there were there were two days that kind of put together um a lot of the academics per se with leadership skills because one day we did a um we went on to, to the woods looking for you know it was like a uh, like a real life scenario quote um what's the word i'm thinking of it wasn't a plane crash or something that we were mock you know playing but mm -hmm. you know, we were we were we were a rescue team like a USAR team sent to some a foreign city and you know we're there to help people and there are actors that would come up and try to form it but there are three teams that went out and you know they threw a lot of messages at you they threw a lot of concepts we didn't even know what the real mission was all the scenarios right. said hey you, you guys are in x and you're going to just meet so and so after mm -hmm. that night of course we got lucky it was cold snowy and snow you know the typical northeastern rainy snow coming down so everybody's wet annoyed you know and all we had was flashlights, you know. In today's world, no cell phones, no nothing. Everybody's just miserable. But mm -hmm. the second day, you know, we discussed what, the who, what, when, where, why. And then they threw even quicker another scenario at us where they split us into three teams. And we listened to 
um, it was like now we were part of a, a helicopter crash and you know they only gave us a couple maps obviously we're only we're working out of a classroom but they really tried to develop this whole stress environment you know lights mm-hmm. people yelling at each other screaming and what was very interesting to see was how people reacted overall so you had people that kind of got discouraged right off the bat and said, well, technically we're out of here in three hours. So I'm just going to sit in the corner and whatever, <laughs> you know, the scenario is going to end no matter what we're here. We're not right. wherever this crash occurs. And you had people that totally played into the, to the role playing and just loved it, you know, jumping in. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, there are people furthermore that were, you know, kind of quiet that would sit back, take everything in and then act on it, you know, and then, right be subtle, come up with an idea. Hey, I noticed you guys completely butchered the map. Why don't we take this to point A? If there's a longitude and latitude on this slide, well, obviously it correlates to the map. So let's slow down and come up with it. Was, <laughs> and it was really cool because, like you said, they, nobody's really pushing that. I mean, there's a lot of – I feel like leadership is completely um, – I don't want to say I'm, – I'm not thinking commercialized, but uh, what's the word for it? Like it only it, it, it fall it falls into a category almost like when people think leadership training, right. you're either listening to a badass chief from the Warriors, mm-hmm. or you're listening to a, a college professor. There's no right. middle middle ground right now. And right, I, and, and you I know, and I see there I see places they're they're attempting to to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. One of the things is is that as you know as leadership, you know as the is a key word and a catchphrase and, yeah. and all of this and all, and, and the commercialization happens and everybody's like, Oh, well, it's so commercial. I said, yeah, but when it all filters out the, you know, if, if I'm a capitalist, you know, capitalist, eventually somebody's going to go like this group right here, right. they've got it. You know, they've got right. the, the goods the on package. the whole package and, and, and sometimes that's the, I think sometimes people miss the mark on um, what package they're selling. Because right. if you, leadership is is such a sub, such a mm-hmm. subject in, in, in idea, but it's one of those things where it's different than, you know, leadership in the in the firehouse right it's different than uh being a leader of your life you know being being a leader as a life skill it's it's one of those things where uh it would be you know you think about the military and how many because it's a job how many weeks they go through programming of leadership skills and management skills and and development skills and they still struggle <laughs> we're like they yeah. they they do it they do it for a living and right. there's they still struggle and popping out great leaders great managers uh and great warriors on that that side and we have mm-hmm. and you know i i i know the the line is thin but also in the fire service, the uh, connective line is thin is in the fire service. We have, you need a warrior, you need a fighter, you know, it's in the job name, firefighter. 
but you also need that manager, you know, in the, in the officer ranks, you need the manager and you need the leader. Right. And um, sometimes that's it's just like, okay, well, yeah, I went to a leadership class. Well, was it six months long? <laughs> no. Well, then you got about, how about take one week for the next 16 years and you'll probably have it, you right. know. There's some sort of basis there. Right. You'll, you'll just you start getting it. Right. You were, you were talking about like, you know, leadership with, you know, the warriors and the managers. And one thing is like, uh, I'm just going to use my, my volunteers as an example, but it can be assessed anywhere, you know, sports, businesses, wherever, you know, one thing that I've, I, I have, you know, I've seen guys struggle with is, Oh, this, this so-and-so is, is lazy. They don't get it. They don't understand what, you know, this is about. They're not into it. But maybe what you're expecting of them isn't who they are or who they're going to be. You have to, as a lead, I guess this is more of the leadership point of things. As a leader, you got to get in there and figure out, you know, what that person, what their strengths are. You know, so like for me, we've had guys that, I hate to say it, they don't like to go to fires. They like to be on the fire department. They don't want to go into a fire. They just want to be there to help with, you know, the not so extremely dangerous stuff we do. But that guy could become the best pump operator you got because right. you remove them from that potential and you tell them, hey, I get it. We understand. Thanks for joining. You're going to be here for a little bit. You live in town, but we need firefighters. Okay. You don't want to go in the fires. All right. We're going to break your chops. No problem. But you got to become the best operator we got. You better know every street in town. You better know hydrant pressures. You better know every line, pressure pump, everything. And I think, I mean, still working on a couple of my guys, but at least they're buying into that idea, you know, of, Hey, listen, right. I get it. You're not going to be kicking in doors and making searches on your own, but if you you this rig is going to be your Bible and you are going to make sure you master it. And I feel like that's where, you know, depending on how you look at yourself or, or any of us as leaders or, or managers, that's where it kind of starts to mesh a little bit and you have to, and, you know, they're going back to the empowerment thing. You know, you can't just let your team, especially in these small communities of, of volunteering and, and even in, in, in you know, depart, paid departments, like you don't always get to choose who you work with. You know, you might not have your best friend that you've lived with for 20 years or, or whatever. And now you have the new pro B or you have the senior guy that quote, people always say it was lazy, but you, like you said, you got to tinker with them. You got to figure out what drives them. They may not be that super buff you know, going to be training with you, working doors all day, stretching lines with you day kind of person. But they'll tell you stories of every fire in the city's, you know, history and the who, what, when, or why and why things happen. And you got to be able to put that together. I don't know if I just totally changed up the conversation, but I feel no, like, Ed, you know, that's, that's, that's a personal that... drive you got to have. You got to maintain that. No, I mean, that's the awesome thing about conversations is that, you know, it can go wherever we want it to go. And, you know, because I, uh, you know, I, I teach uh, developing a firefighter culture uh-huh. class catalyst. And one of the things I went to um, a, a volunteer, an area with volunteers and a combination department, right. group of different departments and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things that that I have found successful in especially in volunteer agencies is that 
you know, if you go to a, if you go to a grocery store, there's there's the people that bag the groceries and get the carts. There's the cashier. There's the stock crew. There's flowers. There's the produce people, and and we don't even. Hey, that guy, that guy's not checking me out. He's stocking the apples, you know, mm-hmm. we don't even think about it. But when we go to a department where we're trying to ask people to donate their time and we go like, okay, Hey, you want to donate your time? Awesome. You have to fit in this box. Right. And that box is you, you <laughs> know how to do everything. And then you run inside burning buildings and risk your life. And they're all like, uh, do you have any other boxes that I could stand in? And they go, and, and it, you know, I, I, I saw a couple of aha moments in my last teaching, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, that would be, you know, they're sitting there going, that is Bill and Nancy and, and Doug. We should make a box that they fit in, right. you know, and, and just, and then go for it. It's like, they want to drive the water tender. They want to, you know, they just want to drive the rig and pump and they would be so good at that. They're, they're awesome. Oh, they, they just want to, uh, fix things at the station. And I was like, awesome. You know, <laughs> that's, right. uh, you guys are starting. All right, let's build, let's build many different boxes and not try to cram everyone into one box and be, be mad when they, when they don't fit mm-hmm. now on the career side, uh, I lean more toward, uh, you know, you assi- somebody gets hired and they, they have a job description and a title. So the po- box is clearly defined. And as long as they're in that box, you have, you have the relational aspect of it. Like what motivates them? How, uh, you know, how are they geared? What's their communication style? What's their, what's their language of motivation or engagement? And then you have the, the departmental system of they are going to be the perfect result of whatever system is in place to create that result. And so I want to say, hey, check your – if you don't like the result you're seeing and if it's not an outlier, an anomaly, like this group is not meeting the standard, uh, you know, you have to check – your systems yeah. see how did and uh, why is this happening and and then you know you have to always use, you know strongly urge that you become great at the soft skills of relationship and other and communications and other things but the hard skills of, of systems and playbooks and templates and uh, SOPs and SOGs and uh, uh, leaders that that can both lead and manage um and 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 in the management i just mean measure the distance of of travel from one you know from point a to point b and uh from dollars and cents and uh so you know now it's like you you referred to uh we saw that that example of the good leader bad leader or the leader and the manager and i'm all like mm-hmm. well it's not you know good leader bad leader yes but leader versus manager the leader is inspiring and and pulling and showing by example moving right. uh moving the chariot forward 
but the manager is measuring how far it traveled and how much effort it took to do that and how efficiently it it is being done and it's like, you need you need both those company officers um are should the ones that that lack that are positive in leadership and lacking management is just as devastating as those ones that are mismanagers or, or strong managers and lack leadership. Yeah. Well, yeah, those are one of those things. Yeah, you could have guys that, like you said, are super technically savvy. Like you might have a boss or any of us, firefighter, probably, or it doesn't matter. You could be a person that's extremely knowledgeable in technical skills, able to do everything. You know, out here on the East Coast, we're not so technical, you know, obviously than the, the West Coast style of, of technical rescue. But you could have guys that love and know everything. But if they're not able to pass their information on help uh, mold, prep, teach, train, however you want to look at it, the rest of their crew, maybe it's the new guy, the, uh, the house company, the, uh, the sister company in the same building or, or whatever, you know, what, what good do you do? And that was the quote that I put up on my uh, post today with, you know, I, obviously in time it's starting to lose its uh, luster. But, you know, when I was a probie, one of the senior guys told me, listen, kid, if you don't teach me stuff you know, you know, it might get us both jammed up. It might kill us both because I, I came in as a volley. I had a couple of years there and trained, I loved to train before that. But, you know, when you come into a place, you're obviously, you're fresh meat. You don't know anything. But out of the box, they were like, listen, if you know something, you have to tell me. You know, I'm going to break your chops, expect it. But, you know, if we get into a situation where you may have experienced that before or worked on it before, and I never have, what good does it do to anybody? Right. So, and that comes back down to, you know, communication, messaging. I feel like that's, you know, we finally came up with a, uh, a theme pretty well. You know, it comes down <laughs> to receiving and, and, and distributing messages, I don't know, properly, but... It reminds me of a good, <laughs> something that before in, you know, at least the, the crews that have worked with me is uh, I say all the right words about teaching, but they're like, and my wife and son and daughter concur on this is like, but that look you give when you when we're doing something that you think is stupid it's like you make us feel like we're the stupidest people in the world and i'm all like so it's not my words it's my face and they're like exactly and you know if we're if, you, if we're doing something you're stupid you should just walk away you know because that look you give i just want to punch you in the face and then punch me in the face for being stupid because i know you're right i just don't know why i'm wrong you know uh, so I was, I was laughing at my, my buddy that works with me. He's just like, don't look at me that way. Just walk away. And I'm all like, <laughs> okay, I'll just walk away. Uh, but That's great. I, uh, totally random. You know, talking about conversation, I was thinking about, and maybe you do this. I, I don't know, but I was thinking, because I talked about earlier about, you know, entering into flow. I thought, oh, mm -hmm. man, it would be a great podcast uh, for a flow event be that focus on how do we how do we enter flow you know and, and mm -hmm. messaging and encapsulating and then this is what we got a vit about for that <laughs> you know and so hey flow and, and, it's and that's perfect. funny that's that's how we came up with uh um you know that's how the name like honestly when we when it was first started it was called 
you know, everybody when they started Brander, and I, I don't want to call it a brand or anything, but you know, it was like New Age Fire Tactics Facebook page. You know, we're like, mm-hmm. this is stupid. <laughs> you know, we're like kids. You know, we're like teenagers that are just super buffs in the area, uh, right. and that didn't work. And then a couple, you know, year into it, you know, my my buddy's like, why not just flow and vent? I was like, at the time, it didn't click. I was like, that doesn't flow. It doesn't. Sa- it just. I mean, yeah. flow. The word sounds cool, but. But now you think about it, and it's like all we did was complain about our problems, you know, overcome them, discuss ideas, how everybody was handling situations differently. And then, you know, the vent happened. It was literally like putting it to work. So now, yeah. like you said, like it's crazy how things over time just develop and, you know, break down to the basics. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, and I, I think it's a, I, I think it's a great brand, you know, and a, you almost do it in reverse. All right, guys, you know. Uh, yeah. Where you sit there and say, "Okay, fire," you know, vent part. All right, guys, let's uh, we're gonna we're gonna yeah. vent about anything for uh, five minutes. These this new generation of firefighters are just the most uh, entitled, arrogant, worthless, uh, no skill piece. I'm like, oh my gosh, we had this guy that didn't even know how to. Uh, he didn't even know how to use a wrench and he smashed his hand with a hammer. It's like, Oh my gosh. What is... And then you go, all right, now enter and flow. Let's solve this. Let's, let's finish this. Let's, right. let's solve this. Okay. What is the problem? Exactly. Okay. We got guys coming into the fire service that aren't tradesmen. Okay. Right. What do we, what system needs to be in place? What do we need to do to get that guy? So, uh, and you know, we didn't do it for the last Academy. Mm-hmm. But uh, we we had guys that come in and, and literally don't have any building skills whatsoever. So we started building training houses on a spare chunk of property next on the training grounds, and we would they would literally build a, whatever it was a sixteen by twenty house, right? Wow. Scratch over the course yeah. of a four day week. And, um, and I mean, not everybody's like, we know that you all have different skill sets. By the time it's done, you'll know what a rafter is. You'll know what a joist is. You'll know how to hang joists. You'll know how to drive nails. You'll know how to use a nail gun. You'll know how to use a saw, all of this stuff. And while we're building this house, we're going to show you how we're developing the house to do certain drills. Hey, this is going to be a bedroom. This is going to be this. This is right. going to be the start of a staircase. I mean, the people go like, it was so frustrating for, especially the people that had no hammer skills or whatever. It's just like, uh, it was mind numbing how tedious it was to build this house. Right. Uh, but, but now I have a common language. I have a jargon. Right. And uh, that makes all the other stuff flow, fall into place. Because if you don't know what are the difference between a rafter and a joist is, and somebody comes in and says like, all right, you're gonna, we're gonna come up here and we're gonna, you know, bury the saw, push it away from us. We're gonna roll one rafter, roll two rafters, go and slide down. And they're like, okay, is now a rafter and a joist, is that the same mm-hmm. thing? No. Joists hold floors, rafters hold root, uh, roofs. Right. Oh, okay. Um, and, you know, it's like, oh, but we did, had our building instruction. 
last week. And so now we have a common language. And then all of a sudden, whoa, lights come on. We have a we have the theory of education where we have to have a common language in order to share a message. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's one thing that actually we were talking about last workday. Um, what is you know what the future of it, right? So it's like, what is going to happen, right? Right now we're in that millennial phase of people, or you know the youth. Everybody, I mean, we, there's kids we're hiring that are in their late 30s that are still new to a mop and, and doing dishes. But, mm-hmm. you know, with the, with the world, how it's changing with technology, phones, messaging, teaching, school, you know, what's going to happen? How are we going to adapt to that? And like you said, you have to bring it to the basics, you know, and it's it's nobody's fault but your own at that point if you don't help with the problem. You know, because we can't. Right. It's just like uh, the simple things of, right. The simple things of phone etiquette, uh, etiquette as a public servant and, you know, someone that's in the public being paid to do a job and addressing phone etiquette. You know, if, if you don't tell them, if you don't have a rule, a system, a set of guidelines, whatever you want to call it on what is appropriate, then the, the, the craziness, the chaos of the messages. Now, on probation, we have we have very strict rules on okay. phones. But after that, because we have a big station, it's the admin station upstairs, downstairs, big bay. Uh, you know, I'm power. I I'm empowered, and I empower the the crew guys. I we're busy. You get your stuff right. done, all that kind of stuff. So I want them to have their phones. I have a group text on every crew. And I'm like, click, we got to go to the store, click, done. I want them to have their phone. Right. I want them to be able to, oh, copy that. Hey, you know, just no big deal. That's our phone. But other crews are like, hey, man, uh, what, what are you doing with the phone? Oh, well, Snod, he wants us to have our phone, you know, with us. And, uh, and, and I just kind of embrace the fact that, with a very, I think, shared messages on the phone, not the, you're texting the other guy in the rig, talking shit right. about the, the other guy, but actually, I think is just another commonality where we're like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's, oh, a cat walking on his front legs. Oh, that's fine. You know, does, doesn't ring my bell, but all right, you know, that's, that's fine. And, uh, but more importantly, it's like, it's not about the phone. It's about the messaging. It's not about necessarily the rules. Like, like, Hey man, I'll play the game. Just tell me the rules. And, uh, and, and then be open for me to ask questions of why I'm an anti-authoritarian as far as, as thumb of oppression but um, if you tell me the rules and you you are acting appropriately in the position of authority that you have, like right. my BC acts as a position of authority at such level. And within that context, I'm like, hey, man, do or die. That's 100 percent. That's that's your lane. And that's 100 percent. I'll respect you. It's when those, when those areas get gray, you know, there's like, uh, that, yeah, that's not, you're sending me a message that's not consistent with the authority that you have. 
and uh, that's like okay, let's get some, let's get some guidelines, some rules on on that. And I catch myself doing that also, where you know, I'm I'm uh, overstepping uh, overstepping the area in which I should be you know, flowing. You know that mm-hmm. this is if I'm in this role right now, right here as this company officer, we are everything is jiving, everything is going. But if I step out of that role and, uh, you know, I'm 51 years old, I'm going to be a grandpa of four, you know, third mm. one's coming in a couple right. of days. And yeah. And, uh, but it also gets me, Hey, grumpy grandpa, you're kind of throwing us all into a spiral yeah, and I'm all like, gotcha. I was just, I was just talking about the, uh, need to get done. <laughs> you know, that shit didn't yeah, get done. Yeah. Yeah, last week, and it kind of pissed me off. You know, I'm not yeah. all right. I'm miss I'm miss messaging. I got it. You know, heard. I apologize. Now let's uh, let's frame this today. We need to get X, Y, and Z done. I'm going to take care of Y. Um, you know, let's let's get it done because we all have uh, we all have work to do. Well, hey Rob, I really have enjoyed our conversation. Oh, that one, awesome, that that puts us at an hour. I'd love to have you back on. Um, I love these conversations. I talked with Cody a couple of days ago um, and uh, talked to, um, oh, and I talked to uh, Rich, uh, Rich out of uh, San Antonio uh, just okay. a couple of days ago. I was just like, hey, man, these are such great conversations. Let's, uh, right. let's, let's continue continue this on because I do believe uh, when when this gets rolled out, you know, days from now, years from now, or this will be done today, but uh, when people listen to it, days from now, years from now, whatever, and uh, I think uh, I think we touched on some good subjects, and oh, yeah. I hope, yeah, I hope the best for Flow and Vent, and, <laughs> um, and I hope, uh, I hope we get to train together sometime in the future, um, I always have my always have friends in the training training world, and uh, I love the fact that things are starting to open back up. And uh, yeah, that's that's nice to get back to to doing training. So I'm going to wrap up here. Thanks everyone for joining us uh, for Fire Talk podcast. Uh, this was our conversation with R- R- Rob Pollock, and um, he is one of the masters of flow and vent and so i encourage you to check him out at flow and vent i know he's active on instagram and posting often but also from that uh follow follow the other uh, and or other content that is good and look for him on uh impalement classes especially if you're in that east coast area maybe we'll have to spring for him to come out to uh, the west coast just to get uh just to get a different perspective of uh of the world uh not a better perspective <laughs> just a different perspective and um we're up thank you so much for your time no, and you, uh hope uh i hope uh well we'll get this uh edited and posted and uh just everyone thank you for listening i don't have any um uh, financial backers or supporters to pitch anything to you, but um, I really appreciate the, the listening. And if you find this uh, 
helpful, this podcast helpful, make sure that you share it. 